0: Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm, wait, am I the straight lace psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist.
1: No, you were going to be the relationship expert, like,
0: love expert. And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor
1: Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything for you.
0: Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Good morning. Welcome to Holding Ground on KKNW. I am your host, Laura Richer. I am also the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. I am a licensed psychotherapist that specializes in couples therapy. And today I am here with my co host and colleague, Michelle Mooney, who is a grief and trauma counselor. And we are your hosts each week. We meet you here on KKNW at 9 a.m. to talk about all things related to therapy and mental health to provide our listeners with resources and tips to help. So, good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Laura, and to our listeners,
1: yes, we are here to help today, and we are going to focus on how to help all the couples out there who have been stuck at home looking at their partner, possibly unshowered and in their sweats for months now. We might be asking the question, why? Why did I choose this person again?
0: <laughs> I shower today just like you know. Ladies. Oh, okay, just thank let you. you. Know, yeah. Okay. So we're not talking yeah. about you. So yeah. <laughs> but hey for goodness. those of you and you know who you are who haven't right. who have been wearing sweats on your Zoom calls every day. No. A uh, partner might be wondering, how did I end up here? Right. So we're also gonna be discussing
1: why you might want to go to couples therapy even when your relationship is in a good place or you do not have any issues.
0: Yes, there are so many reasons to go to couples therapy and so many ways that it can help your relationship. Um, Something that I am seeing in my practice right now is due to being stuck at home together. We've had the opportunity to have some issues come up. So that can be a good time. Um, Counseling can also have a really positive influence on other areas of your life. So When you are struggling in your relationship, you might notice that it impacts your work or your parenting or ability to achieve goals. And so couples counseling can really help you all around.
1: Right. And also can help with things like co-parenting and uncoupling. So it's good to know when it's actually time to leave and couples therapy can also help with that. Yeah. Um, so, Laura, I have a few statistics that I would like to share. Right. Did you know, according to the CDC in 2019, the number of marriages was a little over two million? Mm. However, the number of divor- divorces was approximately 780,000. And this is of 45 reporting states in Washington, D.C. So this puts the divorce rate around 36%, which is down from the 80s when it was more like 50%. However, this does not mean we are getting better at relationships. The change in statistics is attributed to the fact that millennials are choosing to get married much later or not at all. So, Laura, as a couples therapist, what do you see? Why are we struggling in relationships, even with partners who are a
0: compatible fits for us? So what I mainly see in couples therapy is are issues around communication so we do have you know there are instances where I work with a couple where they just are not compatible that they have two different life views goals you know there's deal breaker issues like maybe one person wants kids the other doesn't mm-hmm. you know so there's just there's no there's no way to work around some of these issues, and those those couples are just not compatible. But typically, more often than that, what I do see is couples who are compatible, but they have issues communicating with each other. Um, so I am trained in the Gottman method, which is a type of counseling that was developed by two uh, researchers at the University of Washington, doctors John and Julie Gottman, um, who studied couples uh, and marriage over a 30-year period, and they they studied, observed them in their natural environment, and hooked mm-hmm. them up to monitors yeah. and did all of this research. So with this 30 years of research, they dis- they developed this method of counseling. And what they identified is that there are, there are certain types of communication that just lead to a breakdown. So, and right. they call them the four horsemen of mm-hmm. the apocalypse. Yep. And if you have high levels of this type of communication in your relationship, it can predict that there will be problems or possibly the end of the relationship. Um, so I'll just tell you about what the four horsemen are. Just see, yes, see if maybe this yeah. is showing up in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So the first one is criticism. And criticism is offering feedback in a way that attacks your partner's character or insinuates that they have malicious intent. Um so feedback is always good. And sometimes we don't even necessarily like to receive feedback. It might feel like criticism, but it's not if it's delivered in a neutral way. So mm-hmm. I could say to my partner, um, I'm upset that you didn't do the dishes and it's given me another thing to do today. Right. So I'm talking about what happened and what the impact was on me. So that is feedback. Mm-hmm. Criticism sounds more like. You never do the dishes. You expect me to do everything and you're such a jerk. Right. So that's I'm giving the same me- message, but the tone is <laughs> the very Delivery is <laughs> not as different. compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one. Criticism. High levels of criticism in your communication is going to be problematic probably everywhere in your life, but especially with your romantic partner.
1: Um, And being in. Tune with that, so sometimes we can take feedback as criticism. Mm-hmm. So if we've had a lot of criticism in the past, we can interpret, "Hey, honey, you know, I really wish you could have done the dishes today," and that can feel like
0: criticism, even when it's just feedback. Exactly, and I'm so glad that you brought that up, Michelle, because that's something that we're going to get into a little bit later about how our how our own life experience really um, influences how we perceive our interactions with our partners. Right. So. Number one, criticism. Number two is contempt. Contempt can be anything that even could be subtle, but a big sigh, an eye roll. Mm -hmm. Um, Michelle, what are some other examples of contempt that you can think of?
1: I think that's a really good thing. So let's say you come home, Laura, and you're really excited about a new job and everything it's going to mean to your life. And then your partner is like, "Okay," shrugs, you know, Mm -hmm. rolls their eyes. Right. They don't affirm. They don't validate. They just, you know. Have a quick little comment or that is dismissive roll. or it's diminishing. dismissive. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Oh, you got another job. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> OK, so that's so that That will obviously shut down communication mm-hmm. because as soon as we feel that we've been dismissed or that we're not being taken seriously or or criticized again, um, that's going to that's going to cause us to shut down. The next right. thing that the Gottman's identified, number three, is defensiveness. And that. Defensiveness and criticism really work play off of each other. So if I feel that I'm being criticized, you mm-hmm. never do the dishes, I might want to defend myself and say, oh, yeah, well, you didn't do the laundry like you said you were going to.
1: Right. Right. And just kind of keep that circle and pattern going of ineffective
0: communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not allowing my partner to express what they're feeling and acknowledging it. Instead, I'm shutting it down and, and just deflecting and putting it right back on them so right. nobody in that dynamic ever feels very heard because right. it's a lot of blame
1: is what it kind of comes down to i'm blaming you for not doing the dishes well i'm
0: blaming you for not doing this other thing right yeah, yeah. and so we're not hearing each other when we're mm-hmm. blaming each other or criticizing or being defensive and you know sometimes defensiveness comes actually from a a uh, good in a good place in that it's like wait you misunderstood me I, mm-hmm. I didn't have a bad intention i want to explain myself but if you go straight to that and you don't acknowledge what your partner has said and acknowledge their feelings then they're not going to be able to receive your message mm-hmm. so if you say i'm feeling bad and i said well you shouldn't feel that way right now i've right. shut you down now you're not going to be open or receptive mm-hmm. to what i have to say so again defensiveness breakdown in communication which leads to number four, and the last one, which is stonewalling, which also I call just shutting down, yeah. where I'm just not even responding to you anymore. I'm not taking my gaze away from the TV. I'm not acknowledging that you've yeah. even said anything to you me. You didn't even give me an eye roll. No, <laughs> I'm just done. And so, like, just you could just, when somebody shuts down, you can just kind of feel them energetically just disconnecting. Mm-hmm. They put all of their walls up. Mm-hmm. So, the reason it's important to start to think about how you communicate in your relationship, and when I'm working in session with couples, we we the first session is really about the four horsemen and and how these patterns show up in our communication, is because we want to be able to understand our partners, we want to be able to have an authentic connection with mm-hmm. them, and be able to communicate with them, and these these are the things that are going to shut it down, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and lead to conflict. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to avoid conflict in relationships. I think a good way of doing this
1: um, it also is as opposed to saying something like, oh, you never do the dishes, and that really makes me upset, right? Confronting it or you know talking about it with your partner in a way of, I feel when you don't do the dishes, mm-hmm. et cetera, right? Because you're not starting off with like, you did, you did, you did. Mm-hmm. It's how I feel, right? The attention's kind of more on me instead of fighting with you. Right. And being able to express
0: how that makes you feel, what the issue really is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a really good way, just talking about what happened and what the impact mm-hmm. was without put and keeping it neutral, not putting any value judgment on it. Right. You know, I feel can go wrong if you say I feel that, your and yeah yeah yeah. yeah, so so that's so we want to be careful with that, but yes, what what happened and what the impact was that's that's just feedback. so so the reason why we're doing this is that we don't want to have escalating conflict in our relationships and uh, in the Gottman research, they identified that in fact, in a relationship, sixty seven percent of the conflict will never be resolved. so, no matter really? who. Yes. Okay. It seems really like a high number, yeah. right? <laughs> and the reason, so what we have to do in relationships is learn how to work around the conflict. Now, there's going to be conflict. Like I said, there's deal breaker issues mm-hmm. that we just, we can't live with each other based on these. The, this type of conflict will not work in my life.
1: Yeah. We However, have different opinions, right? And right. And that's just always going to be the case.
0: Exactly. But there are things that we can have different opinions about that we can start to learn how to work around. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe... Maybe issues in parenting or issues in housekeeping or how often we spend time with our extended family. We might have different opinions about that, but those don't have to be deal breaker type issues. So this is what John Gottman has to say about conflict. He says, once you understand this, you will be ready to accept one of the most surprising truths about marriage. Most marital arguments cannot be resolved. Couples spend year after year trying to change each other's mind, but it can't be done. This is because most of their disagreements are rooted in fundamental differences of lifestyle, personality, or values. By fighting over these differences, all they succeed in doing is wasting their time and harming their marriage.
1: Wow. Yeah. that's really heavy. Right. And there's also a freedom in there in a way. Right. Isn't there um, you're allowed to have different opinions and feeling like, OK, there's a freedom in this. I can share this with my partner and not be shut down or stonewalls. Right. If we go to the couples therapy yeah. we can learn the effective way to communicate. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to touch on how trauma may be affecting your ability to communicate in your relationship and what you can do on an individual level to work through those issues. While we think that couple therapy is key to discovering how to maintain our relationships or how to leave a relationship, but a lot of the work also needs to be done individually. Yes. You aren't going to want to miss it, so stay tuned here to Holding Ground on
0: 1150 AM KKNW. Some people choose their specialty, and sometimes the specialty chooses them. For me, becoming a relationship therapist, well, it was a little of both. Hi, I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And over the last decade, I've explored love from every angle. Professionally, self-love, unrequited love, and yes, personally, too. I love love. It's the most powerful force on the planet. It affects everything we do. My co-host, Michelle Mooney, is an absolute expert on healing anxiety and trauma, and the ways we can move out of pain and suffering to create a life full of purpose and meaning. This is Holding Ground. Our passion,
1: our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. At the end of the day, and well, on every Monday morning, what motivates us and drives us is helping you. So thank you for being here. It's sort of the best thing you could ever do.
0: Oh, I love that. But I guess I would, right?
1: Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
0: During
2: these challenging times, there's a place that provides vet care for people who cannot afford it. It's called Co Pet Clinic, and it's been providing veterinary and wellness care for thousands of pets in the Seattle area since 1986. This includes access to spay and neutering, which is a requirement for all pets. If you'd like to find out more about Co or to make a donation, visit donico.org. That's D-O-N-E-Y-C-O-E dot
0: I can't believe we have to make this commercial.
2: It's ridiculous.
0: You'll think it's ridiculous too. Listen to this.
2: This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events.
0: Ridiculous,
2: right? It gets worse. Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior.
1: So now there's a shortage of refs here in Washington. In almost all sports.
2: No officials means no more games.
1: Is that what you want for us?
2: Come on, parents.
1: It's time to grow up.
2: Cheer for your team.
0: Be proud of your children.
2: But stop being so ridiculous.
0: And don't make us run another commercial
2: because we will this message presented by the washington interscholastic activities association and the washington state secondary athletic administrators association reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship organic
1: free range and fresh daily alternative talk 1150
0: welcome back you are listening to holding ground your favorite place to come for all things in the world of therapy and positive mental health i am laura Richer, and i am here with michelle mooney And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about couples therapy, why communication breaks down in your relationships, and what you can do to create healthy, happy, and connected relationships with your partner. So Michelle, who is our trauma expert, please tell us about how trauma might be playing a part in our dysfunctional relationship patterns. So trauma may come from what we call attachment wounds. So
1: starting in childhood, our caregivers teach us how to bond with others. And this early bonding or attachment style informs us on what love and connection mean, even if it's misinformed or misinformation. And when the connection is damaged, this can incorrectly inform us on how we relate to the world and each other. And this is called an attachment wound. And as humans, we want to attach in a healthy way. And attachment wounds, the way we incorrectly learn how to attach with others, can manifest in ways that disrupt our current relationships. And it can also manifest into personal anxiety, depression, et cetera.
0: This is such an important point to touch on because in couples therapy, like I said in the previous segment, we do work on issues of communication. But sometimes our perceptions of things can be mm-hmm. distorted because of our own uh, life experience whether it was in childhood and if we do have attachment wounds with how we bonded with our primary caregivers our parents or an attachment wound can also be created in another relationship maybe your first romantic relationship there was some kind of dysfunction that can also Mm -hmm. create that so sometimes the work is to just address some of our it's individual work to address these issues yeah
1: um so Amir Levine, who wrote the very popular book, *Attached: the science of adult attachment and how it can help you find love and keep love. He says uh, attachment theory designates three main attachment styles or manners in which people perceive and respond to intimacy and romantic relationship, which parallel those found in children. So the three are secure attachment anxious attachment and avoidant attachment Mm -hmm. and basically secure people feel comfortable with intimacy and are warm and loving. Anxious people can crave intimacy and are often preoccupied with their relationships and tend to worry about their partner's ability to love them back. And avoidant people equate intimacy with loss or independence, uh, loss of independence and consistently try to minimize closeness.
0: This is such a great book attached by Dr. Amir Levine. And there's a co-author, but I forget her name. Anyway, sorry for not giving you credit. Um, But anyway, I recommend this to all of my couples, uh, even people who are dating, because it can be so helpful to understand how your attachment style is impacting your relationships. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're acting unconsciously and we don't even realize that the fears that we have that come up in relationships are not even related to the relationship itself. Right. And there's a great
1: piece in that book as well that, you know, once you identify your attachment style and your partner atta- uh, identifies theirs, how to actually um, validate and support one an- one another, how mm-hmm. to make that relationship work. So even if you have an in- anxious person and an avoidant attachment, you know, attached mm-hmm. person, you, there's ways in the book that it gives you recommendations on how to
0: make that work. Yes. And it can be that can be the difference of whether a relationship survives or not, is mm-hmm. if you have that kind of insight and awareness. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, can you give us an example of how these different attachment styles present?
1: Yeah, exactly. So if we have a secure attachment, it can present today is we act by not smothering our partners, trusting them to lead an independent life, while also knowing when it's time to be honest, intimate, and supportive. So this can come from children that were allowed to go out in the world and explore as children, but also felt safe, protected, and validated. Mm -hmm. So for folks with an uh, anxious attachment style, it can present today is you are incredibly unhappy and worried about um, being too much or too little for the person that you're dating. You place a lot of high hopes on your partner and get attached to their potential. So not necessarily who they actually are. They expect their relationship to define them, rescue them or complete them. And they're afraid of being alone. So this can come from um, childhood in the sense that you tend to, you as a child could tend to worry about your parent and cling to them out of feelings of need and sometimes guilt. Um, sometimes children have to take care of their parents so they learn that I'm not going to get my needs met, but I'll mm-hmm. act out. I'll. Um, you know, cling to my parents to get what I need. And then that is what brings out that
0: kind of similar behavior and how we attach today. So not being aware of having anxious attachment can really sabotage the relationship because mm-hmm. you might think that your partner is going to harm you and mm-hmm. that either it creates kind of a clinginess or a neediness. Mm-hmm. Um, and on an unconscious level, you actually create the outcome that you don't want if you're engaging in the dysfunctional, anxiously attached behaviors. The good news is, you know, and all I think all of us some have some, just, I don't know, have you ever met somebody who's 100% secure?
1: No, I, I look <laughs> at that and I'm, you know, kind of jealous. Yeah. And I wish <laughs> most of my clients were able to have that, but that's yeah. just not what the reality is for a lot of folks. But
0: we can learn that. Yes. yes. So and, we, and we can choose partners who, who have more of those traits to kind of help balance out maybe some of our dysfunctional traits but I think the thing that's very hopeful is that you can learn um, once you become aware of these patterns you can start to change them so Mm -hmm. sorry I just had to get that in there no (laughs) no,
1: that's very important thank you Um, so the last one is avoid an attachment and that can present today is folks that may want to sabotage their romances out of nowhere because they're actually scared that their partner will leave them so they get to the breakup first um, in order to avoid the pain of being broken up with Um, and this is an attempt to mitigate the fear of loss, of independence, um, and feeling like they have to keep their emotions at bay in order to not be hurt. So pushing others away when they're starting to get close. I'm getting too close. I know from my childhood that could mean a rocky... You know, relationship. So I'm just going to end it. I'm going to push you away. Um, and that can come from when parents or caregivers are lar- largely emotionally unavailable, unresponsive, and invalidating mm-hmm. of what, who the child is, what their dreams are, um, their emotions in particular. They learn if I show emotion, it's going to maybe be shut down. So it's just better for me not to do
0: that. Yes. And it's interesting that. People who – well, first of all, I think avoidant people, again, like I mentioned, just like anxious people, it's it's unconscious. You, you might know, yeah. really genuinely believe this person is suffocating me or all of a sudden I might feel very – someone who I initially liked, now they're getting closer to me and we're, we're creating more of an intimate emotional connection. And now I kind of feel turned off by them mm-hmm. because right. that's that de- defense mechanism. Right. So – but but the interesting thing I think – I wanted to – if you notice this with clients – is that anxious people and avoidant people really – gravitate towards each other. Yes. yes. Yep, yep. And yep. then they push all of each other's buttons. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: So again, refer to the end of the book oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and figure out how you can make that work. Um, and a side note, EMDR and other tra- trauma work can really help you become aware of your attachment style. And then we can start to challenge these insecurities and fears around connection and develop new styles of attachment for sustaining a satisfying, loving relationship. We can learn to se- uh, securely attach in adulthood even if that isn't what we first learned from our caregivers.
0: Yeah, and just remind our listeners so EMDR also call is stands for Eye movement
1: desensitization reprocessing,
0: which is considered the gold standard in trauma therapy. And Michelle is also an EMDR practitioner. Um, And so I just wanted to clarify that in case anyone didn't remember what EMDR is. But it really it's a therapy that can help you process attachment wounds. Mm -hmm. So if you notice that you are struggling in your relationship and want to do some individual work, Mm -hmm. it can be very beneficial. Yes, exactly.
1: So another quote from Amir Levine and out of um, and Rachel S. F. Heller is. Oh, that's the who it is. Yes. <laughs> want to give her credit. Yes. yes. Um, and the attachment, um, the science of adult attachment and how to keep and find and uh, how to find and keep love um, he also says there we can honestly say that everyone we've known who has used effective communication has been grateful for it in the long run often effective communication brings about a huge relief by showing just how strong your partner feels about you and by strengthening the bond between the you to, the two of you and even in some instances uh, the response may not, may not be what you've hoped for and you'll be convinced that you ruined every Even if only you had said or done something, um, you know, that thought of, oh, if I just said or did something else, he would have um, surely come around. And we've never heard anyone say in retrospect that they are regretting raising an important issue in dating or relationship setting. In fact, they're overwhelmingly expressed gratitude that effectively, effective communication got them that one step closer to their long-term goal of either finding the right person or strengthening their existing bond.
0: That is such a good point that they make in that a lot of times the reason we have dysfunctional communication is because we are fearful that if we really speak our truth, that it will end the relationship. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that is not the case. And if it doesn't end the relationship in hindsight, you're really going to find out that it probably wasn't the right relationship for you anyway. Sometimes ending it is going to be mm-hmm. a positive thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, these conversations can inform us. Is this relationship going to last? Um, you know, if I can't get through to my partner, if he never understands me or she never understands me, um, that's information on is
0: this actually going to be a good partnership? Exactly. Exactly. And when you're working through some of the issues around attachment wounds, some of the things you will discover is that you've developed ways of communicating that are defense mechanisms. Mm -hmm. They are meant to protect yourself, but they aren't allowing for a genuine connection with your partner, which is what, you know, again, what we're doing to protect ourselves is actually creating the result that we don't want to create.
1: Right, it creates a barrier between yeah. you and your partner, and it creates a barrier for the from the two of you actually being able to work through things. And if we ever feel like I need to protect myself in a relationship, mm-hmm. that's an attachment wound that we really wanna work on in therapy. And again, couples therapy is really great when you wanna work on an issue together. Although again, some of this must have to be done individually, mm-hmm. right? Because if I don't have my attachment wounds healed, even though we're in couples therapy and working towards things, Um, that might still affect the
0: relationship. Right. So doing couples therapy and individual therapy together can be really helpful. It can also be really helpful to just start an individual therapy. And sometimes I meet couples where I will recommend that, that Mm -hmm. it might be better. You know, maybe one partner is really struggling and the other partner maybe is a little more securely attached and Mm -hmm. it would make more sense for the partner who was struggling to start doing their own individual work. Yes. Yeah. But they both go together as well, too. Exactly. Yeah. They
1: complement each other very nicely. Yes. <laughs> we're going to take another quick break. But when we come back, we're going to share with you the top five reasons that there might be time. It might be time for you and your partner to think about couples therapy. And we aren't going to want to miss it. So stay tuned here to Holding Ground on 1150
2: AM KKNW. Hi, I'm Arielle Winter. If you're anything like me, your pets are not only your best friends. They're part of your family. American Humane, which has been rescuing animals like Cleo here for more than 100 years, has life-saving tips that can make a big difference before, during, and after disasters, such as hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, or wildfires. So when disaster strikes, you want to be prepared to protect them. Be sure to microchip or tag your pets. Never leave them behind in a major crisis, and be sure to have an emergency kit ready in your home at all times, with a pet crate or carrier, leash, blanket, ID, and medications, their water bowl, and seven to 10 days worth of food. To find out how to protect your entire family during a disaster and help our best friends in their worst times, please visit AmericanHumane.org.
0: Choose their specialty, and sometimes the specialty chooses them. For me, becoming a relationship therapist—well, it was a little of both. Hi, I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchorlight Therapy Collective, and over the last decade, I've explored love from every angle—professionally, self-love, unrequited love, and yes, personally too. I love love. It's the most powerful force on the planet. It affects everything we do. My co-host, Michelle Mooney, is an absolute expert on healing anxiety and trauma and the ways we can move out of pain and suffering to create a life full of purpose and meaning. This is
1: Holding Ground. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. At the end of the day, and well, on every Monday morning, what motivates us and drives us is helping you. So thank you for being here. It's sort of the best thing you could ever do.
0: Oh, I love that. But I guess I would, right? Find us online at
1: anchorlighttherapy.com.
0: Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. On the path to good health and well-being? Alternative Talk 1150 is
2: the station for you.
1: Welcome back, you are listening to Holding Ground, your favorite place to come for all things in the world of therapy and positive mental health. I'm Michelle, and I'm here with Laura Richer, and if you're just tuning in, we are talking about couples therapy, why communication breaks down in relationships and what you can do to create healthy and happy and connected relationships with your partner. So Laura, who is our couples therapist, is going to share the top five reasons you might decide it's time for couples therapy. Laura, give us the first reason.
0: So the first reason, as we've been talking about, are communication issues. That is really where the breakdown happens when couples stop being able to communicate effectively Mm -hmm. with each other. And we, if you missed it, in our earlier segment, we talked about the Gottman method and the strategies that the Gottmans have. I recommend any of their books if you want to learn how to better communicate with your partner and how to avoid the the four horsemen of the apocalypse, Mm -hmm. the things that cause communication to break down. Um, And what I see in couples therapy is that there are a lot of people who have the potential to have a really great relationship with each other, but because they have ineffective communication styles, which could be rooted in things that have happened in the relationship or even in previous relationships or childhood, Mm -hmm. attachment wounds like we talked about before, that they have a difficult time communicating with each other. So another book that I recommend to everyone is Marshall Rosenberg's book called Nonviolent Communication. Mm -hmm. And here is what Marshall Rosenberg says about communication. He says, as we've seen, all criticism, attack, insults, and judgments vanish when we focus the attention on hearing the feelings and needs behind a message. The more we practice in this way, the more we realize a simple truth. Behind all those messages we've allowed ourselves to be intimidated by are just individuals with unmet needs appealing to us to contribute to their well-being. So, the premise of nonviolent communication, there's a lot in this book, mm-hmm. but what he talks about is when we are in relationship with someone, the more we know them, the longer we've known someone, the more that we've had conflict with them or or ineffective communication, mm-hmm. we start to develop a narrative about who they are what they're thinking, and how they're going to respond. right? And so we don't give people space to actually show us where they are or how they want to respond because we're already responding to the narrative that we've made up mm-hmm. in our minds. Have you ever seen anything like that with clients, Michelle?
1: Absolutely. So if you see a client who is talking about having a lot of anxiety in their relationship, right, this is the outward emotion and the top feeling that they're feeling, But underneath that is where you discover the needs. If I'm feeling anxious, I feel like maybe you're going to leave me. I feel really stress out if we fight and you need to take a break. And again, like that feeling and concern about, you know, anxiety around maybe abandonment issues, um, you know, just maybe even finances. So a lot of that can come up. I need to feel financially secure. I need to feel supported. I need to feel cared
0: about. And it presents as anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so in all of that, there are There are needs being communicated. Mm -hmm. So even in all of the dysfunctional communication that we talked about earlier in the show, if your partner comes to you with a criticism, underneath that, there is a need that they have Mm -hmm. that they feel is not being met. And and that need could be something that wouldn't really upset you. Maybe the criticism upsets you, but maybe it's a need to have a deeper connection with you or it's a need to feel safe in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But because of the way that it's communicated, it triggers a negative response. Or as, as this example that, that Marshall Rosenberg is talking about, I might just be used to you criticizing me and so even when you're coming to me with legitimate legitimate feedback that isn't aggressive or critical, I might just perceive it that way right away because right. that's my past experience with you. and so mm-hmm. I'm projecting that on, onto you all the time. And that's something that the the Gottman method talks about in couples is that couples who have had a really high, Level of conflict, escalated conflict in their relationship, you're always going to have conflict. But if it's escalated where it becomes dysfunctional and toxic, if you have high levels of that. You go into something called negative sentiment override where you're just waiting for something negative to happen. You're always looking. I'm looking for the next time that you're going to do something to to hurt me because it reinforces what I already believe.
1: Right. And that's attached to the narrative piece that you were talking about before. My narrative now is just if I go to you with my emotions, if I go to you with my needs, you're just going to shut me down in some sort of way. You might, you know, uh, blame me for something. Um, It just doesn't feel safe for me anymore to come talk to you because I have that narrative of
0: this is just never going to change. Right. Exactly. And then that triggers those behaviors. So I might become defensive or I might just shut down and not Mm -hmm. even want to hear what you have to say. And in shutting down, uh, another thing that was found through this research is that sometimes people have a physiological response, that yes. they're going into, like, the fight-or-flight response, and they are responding to their partner's criticism in the same way that would they would respond to being chased by a bear. Yes, exactly. And so they are flooded and their brain has shut off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Something there signaled danger, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be safe in this instance. And, yeah, the body response can be attached to that for sure. Um, you know, our cortisol levels go up. We have all that ex- uh, extra adrenaline in us. And that fe- you can feel that anxiety. You can feel that fear. Our heart rate increases. Mm-hmm. So our bodies, our minds are sensing
0: some sort of danger. Exactly. And so we can't respond in those moments. So just to give you a few tips to counteract some of these things Is if you do go into a shutdown response, instead of just abandoning your partner and just shutting down and ignoring them, you might want to say, hey, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now or I'm feeling flooded. Like I need to take a step away. I need to step away from this conversation for five minutes and allow yourself to come back to the place where you can think clearly and then re-engage with your partner Mm -hmm. so they don't feel abandoned. Yeah. Um, Or if you have a lot of if you notice that you're communicating with a lot of criticism or or experiencing that. You believe your partner is very critical of you. Just try asking more questions mm-hmm. instead of jumping to assumptions. Mm-hmm. So you're I like, ups, you said something about the dishes. Why well, It seems like that's really upsetting you. What's that about? Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. That's a nice way of doing that. And it's investigating what their feelings are and what their needs might be in that mm-hmm. moment. Um, and I like the piece that you mentioned about having to sometimes just take space when something, you know, Occurs or is triggering to us, or because, like you said, we become flooded emotionally and physically, and we can't really think with our logical brain. We just might instinctively shut down because we are unable to communicate needs effectively. At least that's where some of the poor communication coming come out. I'm so anxious. I'm just going to blame you for something. But taking that time away um, is a moment to self regulate, mm-hmm. to calm down, get back into your logical mind, and then come back to the
0: conversation and a constructive and compassionate way exactly and so when you have when you do you bring up a good point when you do continue on when you're in that state mm-hmm. you're going to do something you're right you're yeah, going to say gonna something say that you something. possibly mm-hmm. don't mean or mm-hmm. or you're just going to shut down completely and your partner's going to feel really abandoned it's much better to claim here's where i'm at i just need to take a step away yep yeah so learning better communication is better for every relationship, but especially the relationship that you have with your partner. So that's number one. That's if you find like that you're having trouble communicating, that's a good time for couples therapy. The number two reason I work with people who come to therapy is uh, they're working on issues around trust. And that could be something uh, really serious, like an affair or infidelity. Um Sometimes issues around trust can come up when there are things that feel maybe not as as extreme, but like emotional withdrawal or maybe there's um, a financial betrayal. Maybe you spent money that I didn't agree to have you spend or um, just even an unwillingness to deepen the connection that you Mm -hmm. that you have a wall up. And so those can create issues around trust.
1: Another uh, example there is emotional cheating. So we don't think about that one as much because, well, I'm just talking to this person. Mm -hmm. I'm not having an affair, a physical affair with them. But when we're engaging and getting some sort of needs met and flirting with somebody else, you are not fully committed in your relationship anymore. And that's emotional cheating, even if you're just engaging about common topics or, you know. Reading the same book together and then coming back and discussing it, whatever it is, you're investing some sort of emotional time outside of your relationship.
0: Yeah, which is fine to have relationships that you, yes. that, you that you've, you know, friends. But if you notice that you're shutting down to your partner and looking for that need for connection outside mm-hmm. of the relationship, mm-hmm. that that can become problematic. Yes. Yes. And also, I mean, I think emotional affairs have can be just as destructive as physical affairs in some If not worse
1: for some people. Right. You engage on an emotional level with this person, not just not just, quote
0: unquote, right, a physical connection. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, the emotional cheating can be very painful. Yeah, And so that is something that we work on in couples therapy, Mm -hmm. that trust can also be rebuilt. And this is what John Gottman says about trust. Trust is built in very small moments, which I call sliding door moments. In any interaction, there is a possibility of connecting with your partner or turning away from your partner. One such moment is not important, but if you're always choosing to turn away, then trust erodes in a relationship very gradually and very slowly. And so that's the mm-hmm. the emotional cheating, that's yeah. turning away from your partner. Yes, um, but it can also be rebuilt, and that's yep. what we what we work on in mm-hmm. therapy. So next, the third reason people come to counseling um, is clarity on whether or not you want to move forward in the relationship you might think that you're done with the relationship, but you have doubts about whether or not it is possible to repair the relationship. And so you're not clear on whether it's time to end it or not. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, you know, a lot of people
1: do come to a couples therapy with that kind of idea in their mind um, of, you know, this is headed towards the end, but maybe I still want to try and see what might be there. Right. And like you said, people can discover, wait, I do want to be in this relationship and this is how we can rebuild and repair. I don't want to leave. Um, Yeah.
0: And it's really interesting how frequently I see clients who come to me because they're trying to determine whether or not they should end their relationship and they really are very compatible people, but they have communication issues. Maybe they have some unresolved past issues from previous relationships or childhood, and it's making it difficult for them to communicate and connect with each other. And by learning some of these skills, it really turns their relationship around. And often, which is interesting to me, is the things that they're arguing about, they're actually in agreement and saying the same things, mm-hmm. but they can't hear each other. right.
1: Right. And I think also mentioning external factors that can really impact a relationship. So we can have a really great relationship. We can connect with our partners um, on a really deep level. But things that constrain that, such as the birth of a child, job loss, uh, pandemic, for example, um, grieving the loss of a loved one in some way, it takes away that focus from the relationship. So even if it's really healthy, you're not able to really maintain that connection. So that could be very hard for couples to work on. But in couples, Therapy, They can come to agreements and how they might be able to still do that despite everything that's going on externally for them.
0: Right. And realize I think it's often easy to project our our discomfort or our negative emotion onto our partners because they're the person who is the closest to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And people do come to therapy thinking that their partner is the problem when in fact it is some sort of outside Mm -hmm. circumstance that has had a negative impact on the relationship. Um, and is causing a lot of conflict. But if you can learn how to effectively communicate about around some of these issues, you might see that you agree more than you disagree. Or even if you do disagree that it's not a deal breaker situation, there are ways to navigate around that. Yeah. 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 So number five is our last one. And it is nothing's really wrong, but you're feeling distant there's a lack of physical or emotional inti- intimacy in the relationship, and you're just, you've disconnected from mm-hmm. your partner. Right.
1: And again, it can be external factors, right? Like having a child now you're up all night, you maybe don't have time or the energy to have that physical connection because the focus is on raising your Mm -hmm. child now a lot more. Um, And then that can come again from any kind of infidelity or emotional cheating or some sort of other external factor. Again, grief, right? If you're stuck in a place of grief, that can really impact and distract right away from the relationship.
0: Yeah, and I think also even when nothing there isn't anything major that has happened, we get really focused on our lives. So maybe mm-hmm. I've really gotten I've taken my relationship for granted and maybe I'm just really focused on my work or parenting my children or or whatever else is going on in the world. One thing I'm seeing with couples right now is there's um having conflict around what's what is going on in the world and having different opinions about it and it's so distracting that they're not really able to invest in the relationship because they feel consumed about some of the the outside political mm-hmm. circumstances and and it's causing them to turn away mm-hmm. from their partner Yeah, and
1: we're seeing a lot of that in personal relationships, family relationships, where we're discovering that maybe we don't agree on these topics, Mm -hmm. um, that maybe we have separate values. And so learning how to navigate that, I'm sure, is kind of challenging. And how are are you working with that
0: in session? Um, Again, trying to keep conflict From escalating so Mm -hmm. it's okay to agree to disagree we may not have all of the same opinions and do you want to have a do you want to destroy your relationship because you don't agree on the same political issues is that really that important to you or there are different ways to navigate that maybe we just agree to disagree and this is not something we need to talk about because it's not relevant Mm -hmm. to our our relationship and our family life or maybe we can learn to talk about these things to each other in a more respectful way um, where we can hear what each other has to say. Like I said before, typically I couples usually, if they've been together for a long period of time, have a level of compatibility that they're not that far off from each mm-hmm. other. Right. Exactly. Exactly can you tell us
1: a little bit more about how couples identify during this time uh, we were talking in the beginning about you know oh my partner's not even showering and yeah. this is how he is when he's working <laughs> yeah. and you know he's really eating that um, yep. people are spending you know 24/7 with yep. their partners now um, so how are you seeing that present in couples therapy issues around that?
0: Well, our worlds have become very small with social distancing Mm -hmm. and things shutting down and and things are opening up a little bit more now. But I mean, you know, up until recently, we had months of just being in the house with our Mm -hmm. partners and maybe we've never spent that kind of time together. Probably not. Yeah. 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 And so it's so your partner becomes everything to you. They're your social life. They're Mm -hmm. your person that you talk to on your work break. They're your person that you watch the news with and talk about political that there's no other outside influence. And that's really a lot to put onto one person. So that's a dysfunctional dynamic that we can't escape in certain circumstances. But at the same time, we want to realize that that is that's if they can't meet every need and they're actually, you know, I don't have an outlet to move away and have some other social interactions that I might just be a little bit more irritable, that it might not be necessarily that they're doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing. People that are together too much and they have to be everything to each other and that that creates a strain on the relationship
1: and realizing you're never going to have all of your needs met by one person um there's a definitely important needs that need you know happen in a functional relationship but putting that all on one person right is never going to work right <laughs> um so and i think also something that might be building in these relationships we like oh, why Why am I with this person? We might start to develop resentment against them. You know, They're not meeting every need. They're not helping me 50-50 or what is the rule? 80-20 usually, right? Cleaning the house, doing these dishes, raising the children. And so if you're seeing that maybe you're carrying more of the weight or they're not contributing as much as you would like, that can bring up the resentment. Or they're not meeting every
0: single need that I have. Now I resent them. And it appears that way because they're outside of their normal routine. Mm-hmm. And so now the sudden we're in the house all day together and it feels like I'm doing everything, which maybe mm-hmm. that may or may not be true. But it's just this this shift. And in, in I think the bigger thing is that. We're all feeling a high level of stress due to the things that are going on and that stress you're experiencing might not necessarily have to do with your partner, but because they're the other person with you in the studio apartment that you live in, that it might really feel like they are the ones who are causing
1: the issue. Yeah. And they're the one the only ones hearing about it. Right. And, you know, I have all this extra stress and we all do right now. So then I'm coming to my partner and then putting, you know, some sort of additional stress. Maybe if that's the only conversation in context right now is about what's going on in the world. That just kind of circulates within your relationship. Um, There's I mean, a lot of people, this is like one of the main topics that they're talking about every single day. And if that's how we're engaging with our partners, that can increase the stress level for both of us. And then so say I'm feeling more irritable because of everything that's going on. (laughs) Well, you're the only
0: person around, so I'm gonna get that out on you, right? And in some ways, and it that might can not even happen be about you. That's such a good yes. point. I've had a, quite a handful of people where their partner is just constantly talking about how upset they're about what they're seeing in the news. And they're not mad at the other person, but the other person doesn't want to hear it anymore. Yes, they're sick right. of hearing about yeah, it. Yeah. they yeah. Wanted, And so that becomes frustrating. And the person who wants to talk about it, obviously they have a need, and that's why they're talking about it. Maybe they're feeling afraid or frustrated, mm-hmm. and they're wanting their partner to resolve that for them, and they really can't. Right. So yeah. these are extraordinary times. Uh, my, my couples counseling portion of my business has definitely increased quite mm-hmm. a bit over the last three months because mm-hmm. this has been – a pressure cooker that has brought issues to mm-hmm. to the surface. But it, I think I've told all of my couples this isn't really a time probably to make really big decisions that right. we want to work on things before we, we want to see if this is pandemic related or, mm-hmm. you know, our kids are in the house with us without going to school 24 hours a day or whatever it is, or if it is actually an issue in the relationship because it may not be.
1: Right. Not making permanent decisions
0: around something that is more temporary, something that's more new. Right. And learning how to turn towards each other and support each other instead of of uh, turning away from each other, because Mm -hmm. this is going to be a lot easier experience if we can support each other instead of turning against each other. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad people are coming to the couple's therapy for that. They're identifying these issues. They want to hopefully work through things or find a way that they can peacefully maybe separate.
0: Yeah. And that's and sometimes that is what is needed is a separation. But it's so many times I work with couples that there's so many good things about their relationship and I can actually see it right when I meet them. Mm-hmm. And they're not seeing it anymore because the stress has they've gotten into that negative sentiment override. Mm-hmm. The stress is overwhelming them. And so that the work that we do can help bring them back to why they initially got together in the first place. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: reinforcing those things remembering those things saying to your partner right i i you know fell in love with you or i really like you because of x Mm -hmm. y and z and reaffirming um you know things like date nights even though maybe you can't go anywhere right now really just focusing on that relationship piece
0: and it's interesting when i have a couple who's sitting on the couch in front of me and they're launching into everything negative that's going on which is what they're there to talk about but i'll say well you know, remind me what when you met, how did you guys get together? Mm-hmm. Like, what was it that drew you to this person? Mm-hmm. And their whole demeanor will change mm-hmm. and their energy will change. And so I think if we can train our brains, our brains just want to be negative because that's how we're wired. But if we can train our brains to focus to the positive, we are going to have a lot more fun in our relationships yeah Yeah. absolutely
1: and are you seeing as you're working through let's say these temporary you know problems of what's going on in the world right now that's really influencing relationships Mm -hmm. and changing relationships are you seeing attachment wounds come up in that as well
0: I think in all couples therapy regardless of what's going on in the world yes attachment wounds are always coming up we are Most very few of us are securely attached Mm -hmm. or if we are mostly securely attached, we have some dysfunctional tendencies Mm -hmm. and that being in a romantic relationship is what triggers that. So you might be in your single life going along just fine even keel life's great and then you get into a relationship and the fears that you had are triggered by that
1: right you can yeah. feel really secure in yourself and being alone and then you get back to a relationship and yeah like you're saying like, that's that's coming up. up why am i acting this way yeah. now who am
0: i this Checking is not my phone <laughs> every five seconds i'm so anxious <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so and again all of this stuff the good news is that all of these things can be resolved and in therapy whether it's individual or a couple therapy we can teach you skills and communication skills that will help you move through this so it doesn't have to sabotage your relationships yeah
1: well we really hope you enjoyed today's show and this episode of holding ground and maybe you feel like you might be ready to do some of your own work on your relationships or individually or with with your partner head on over to our website www.anchorlighttherapy.com where you can schedule a complimentary consultation with either me, trauma specialist Michelle Mooney, or a couple of therapists, Laura Richer. And we will set up a time to
0: chat and see if we might be able to help you in achieving your relationship goals. And don't don't forget to check us out next week, Holding Ground at 9 a.m. every Monday morning on KKNW, where we will continue the conversation about all things in the world of therapy and positive mental health. Thanks for tuning in and have a great Monday. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find
1: us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.